This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. So many years ago, I joined my wife in, the, in a worship team at a church in Cape Town. And she gave me that... The tambourine. And the song was off beat. And I was going on beat. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> I never played it again. <laughs> so just make sure it's what the, what the beat is. On beat, off beat, just, just make sure. Okay, that's just a tip. Okay, awesome. So we are doing Talk About Next Level. <clears throat> and today is uh, the third message in the series. And we talking today about wings to fly. For those who take notes, you can write down wings to fly. Title, wings to fly. Come on, let's say it, wings to fly. Okay, so what gives us wings? <laughs> it's just an ad campaign. It's not necessarily the truth. Huh? But let's play a video clip. Wait. Oh, empty. That too. Mm. Hmm. No Red Bull, no wings. So that guy is a he's a hero. I mean, he's a hero. He's got his cape. He's got his everything. He's ready to fly to save the day. But he didn't have wings. And it's got nothing to do with Red Bull. But I want to apply this for us. What, what does give us wings in life? Wings to fly, to fulfill the dreams that God give us, to fulfill our destiny, to fulfill our purpose in life. The answer is faith. Faith gives us wings. So that guy is a superhero and he's just shut down, close the window. Nothing's going to happen today because I, I don't have my wings. And I think the same happens to us when we lack faith. We also sort of, uh, we shut the door. We lack confidence. We, we lack the capacity, the ability to step out and do what we are called to do, to help others, to be a blessing, to see God's kingdom come. So you need wings to fly. Come on, say it. I need wings to fly. Uh, you need faith. You need faith to have wings. <laughs> wings to fly is through faith. Okay, so I want to share a bit about this, I want to move into unlocking faith for the supernatural. I want to give you a few keys of, of unlocking faith, but also show you what clips your wings. So I shared this a few weeks ago as well, but at the age of 18, I came to Christ. And before that, I wasn't a very confident individual because of just life and things happening in me. So I became a Christian. And suddenly I was passionate about Jesus, and before I could help myself, I had a whole lot of friends, and I had a whole lot of confidence, and I was beginning to step out. I was like, I discovered who I truly was in Christ, and man, things, it was beautiful. And then a few years later, 
Um, you know, church is supposed to be a safe, spl- a safe space, a place where you can grow and where you can discover yourself in God and, and move forward. And that's basically what happened to me. And then I felt led to stand for the student council of, of the University of Stellenbosch, and I entered student politics. And student politics can be brutal. I think any form of politics can be brutal. But it was surprisingly brutal. And so I was the outspoken Christian, the one that believed I could change the world, and, uh, but I lacked wisdom. And uh, yeah, in politics, you shouldn't be too radical. I was radical. You know, politics, you just say what people want to hear at first, and then you change everything when you're there. But anyway, I was like, let's say it. And that didn't work so well. But anyway, <laughs> note to self. <laughs> so... I stepped out, and, and the anti-Christian group really, because I was an sp- outspoken believer, and so they really came at me, a lot of criticisms and accusations and things, and yo, and I wasn't ready for it. My character wasn't ready. My identity wasn't ready for it. The result was, is that it's sort of these opinions and these things that were being said, it's sort of, I, I felt like my wings got clipped a bit. I sort of lost my, there was a season of about two years, year and a half or so that I, man, I lost my confidence. I, I remember sitting in meetings with the student council and at other times and I was like, suddenly I was anxious. Suddenly I was battling to speak. Suddenly I wasn't myself. My wings got clipped. As my faith was unlocked, it was like I got wings to fly. Let's change the world. And then what happened? Fear happened. People's opinions happened. And it clipped my wings for a season until I could find my way back and learn how to overcome the opinions of man. So the fear of man binds us. But faith in God gives us wings to fly. And there are so many of us that are battling with, with fear, battling with the fear of man, you know, some of us might be afraid of what people think of us, and so we hold back. You know, you, some of us, we don't say what we need to say because we're afraid. In the life group, you're not actually sharing your opinion because you're afraid of what people might say. Or maybe you're not confronting people when you should be. You should go to your boss and say, hey, this isn't right. Or I don't like the way I'm being treated here. But you're afraid, so you hold back. You allow people to walk over you. Or maybe some of us, you know, we don't pray because, you know, you know, I often hear this when people, especially when they're new to Christianity or new, you're like, I, I can't pray. That's a lie. You were made to pray. You must just break through the barrier of fear. Fear is a liar. You know what fear stands for? False evidence appearing real. You need to push through the barrier until you see, hey, liar, not going to fall for you. So some of us are not praying as we should. Some of us, guys, we don't ask the girl for coffee because what if she says no? Oh, no. But what if she says yes? Focus on the yes, not on the no. Some of us are not going or thinking that we're not going on the youth camp or the men's camp, friends, because you know you don't know what to expect and you don't want to be uncomfortable. And maybe you're going to miss out on the most life-changing weekend of 2020 because of fear, because of anxiety, because of you don't want to be uncomfortable. And we find ourselves sitting in a corner 
and not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Some of us are not stepping out to pursue our dreams because of fear, the voice of fear. Fear telling you you, you can't. Fear telling you you're not good enough. Fear telling you that you're not, you're not, you're not going to cut it. And so we live in this little bit of space that fear has told us, you can live there, but I'll still torment you. I'll still keep you stressed and anxious and worried. Fear is terrible. I remember that time when in that season, you know, I had to, some, when I lost my confidence and I, I, I was tormented with fear. I remember like, it's terrible. It's terrible. But I believe God wants to set us free today from fear. And some of us might say, well, I'm not really battling with fear <laughs> because you're not doing anything. <laughs> you're very comfortable. Yeah, it's comfortable watching Netflix on your couch until you watch it. <laughs> I was in grade four or maybe grade three, and we were a bunch of, um, were a bunch of older young people at a, at a weekend thing and and it wasn't a Christian thing. <clears throat> and so they, they, they rented a whole lot of movies. And the last one was Nightmare on Elm Street. Eesh. Some of our elders live on, uh, on Elm Street. I hope you're not living on Elm Street. I would be worried if I was living on Elm Street. But I was at grade three and I watched this silly nonsense. And for, for three months, I couldn't sleep. I was tormented. I had nightmares. It was... It was really, really bad. And I remember even years later, I'm sure some of you also have experienced this, especially when you're younger, but I don't know, some of us still battle with fear, even though we're adults. You know, you like check out your bed and you're like, ooh, what's under the bed? <laughs> you know, and then you jump. <laughs> I remember after watching movies like It and the, you know, the, the, scary clown rubbish, you know, now you're walking down the street at night and you're watching those manholes, you know, you're watching them. <laughs> That's not fun to be afraid, you know, but we can allow fear. Fear is a liar. Fear is, I mean, there is nothing in the manhole, but the, the movie has instilled, the thoughts have instilled these imaginations in our hearts and minds and it tells us be afraid. Back away. Don't go there. Don't do that. And I believe that's what happens in many of our lives. It, we, 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 these little boxes are built around us that says to us, you yeah, know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And, it's, and fear is just tormenting. So I believe some of us here today, our wings have been clipped, either through the fear of man, either through fear of failure, or maybe you have failed, and you're still allowing that failure to define you, to tell you who you are. And I believe God wants to break you out of that today. I believe God is calling us next level. God is calling us higher. God is saying, come, let me take you higher into a place of wholehearted faith so that I can launch you into what I've called you to. Amen. Come on, let's say God's going to set me free today. Amen. Let me pray for us, and I'm going to get into it. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that your word is powerful. Your word is alive, and your word sets us free. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And so, God, we thank you that your truth would 
flood into our hearts and minds this day. Break every chain, Lord. Break the lies of the enemy, fearful imagination, whatever is holding us back. In Jesus' name, we welcome the Deliverer, the King of glory here today. Jesus set us free. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Okay. So wings to fly. Four keys. Key number one. Wing to fly number one. So in the first message two weeks ago, I basically gave you a question. And it's about directing your heart into faith. You see, it's impossible to please God without faith. And if you don't have faith, you're not going to fly into where God has called you to be. So I asked, I encourage you to ask this question in every challenging scenario. Ask this question. What would faith look like in this? Direct your heart to what does faith look like? What does trust in God look like in this environment? That's question number one. Then the second week, we spoke about things that dilute our faith. And I shared about when God becomes your only option. And this is the question you had to ask after that. What is diluting my faith? What am I trusting in that is not God? Am I trusting in self, trusting my bank account, trusting in people? What am I trusting in that's diluting my faith? And then today, I want you to learn to ask this question. You're facing a challenge, business environment, relational environment, financial environment, whatever challenge you might be facing It doesn't look good. looks like a mess. It looks like a mess. From every angle, it looks like a mess. What do you ask? You ask question number three. What is God saying about this? From my perspective, it's a mess. From my perspective, there is no hope. But God, what are you saying about this? Because God can never be hopeless about anything. And he, it's, it's not just like he sees it from a certain perspective. His word changes the environment, changes the situation. So you need to ask God, Lord, what are you saying about this? Okay? And then you need to ask God. You need to go to the scriptures. You need to ask him prophetically, prophetic word. Like, we, like the, 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 the word I received this morning is like, God's going to fight for us. That's a word. You need to, what is God saying? God is saying, I'm going to fight for you. That's what he's saying. And then you need to hold on to that. Okay, so that's the first key. Ask the question, God, what are you saying? I know a lot of people have opinions. Uh, I know my mother is saying I'm useless or my, <laughs> my this or my that or that friend or that boss He's saying, I can't do anything, but God, what are you saying about me? Because you say things, you see things differently. You know, there were seasons in my life, I remember even as in high school, I remember there was one teacher, and he was going through a difficult time, and, and we were a little bit, the team, the hockey team, we were a little bit doing our own thing, and at some point he just lost it, you know, and he just cussed me out, saying what an absolute loser I am. And it's amazing that you still remember that like 30 years later. Words are powerful. Words can break us down. Words can build us up. Now, the second key, if you want to have wings to fly, is you need to discover the language of faith. So imagine for a moment, someone comes to you, and they speak the following to you in Russian. 
Ты веришь в Иисуса, или ты полон сомнений? Вы говорите на языке веры. Yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. We agree. That was good, eh? We're all saying amen. Brilliant, brilliant. Could you do what that Russian person just asked you? Could you do it? No, because you're not understanding it. Let me do that again. It's just so... Ни -ни -ни. Ты веришь в Иисуса, или ты полон сомнений? Вы говорите на языке веры. Beautiful. Google Translate, eh? Wonderful. It basically, she said, do you believe in Jesus, or are you full of doubt? Are you speaking the language of faith? A few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit dropped this into my heart, and the Lord said to me, God only speaks the language of faith. If you speak the language of unbelief, God is like, excuse me, I don't understand. I, I understand thousands of languages, but I do not understand the language of unbelief. It, it's, it's like God turns to the angel and say, what did he just say? God hears the language of faith. Come on, say faith. That is the language that God speaks, yet we are so used to the language of unbelief. We are so used to speaking negatively. We're so used to, to break ourselves down. We are so used to unbelief that we do not, it's like speaking Russian to us when, when somebody speaks faith. It's just like, we do not relate to it. We, we might think it's arrogant or we might think it's, it's just unbiblical even because of the culture of unbelief that we have embraced. It's like, if you wanna, if you wanna engage with God, you need to speak his language. Some of you are saying, Lord, but I prayed. I prayed, I cried out to you and you didn't hear me. You didn't speak faith. Many pray, but, many, many, but few pray prayers of faith. That's why you need to pray and you need to keep on praying and to keep on praying, not to change God, but to change yourself until you have faith. So you need to wrestle with the word, you need to wrestle with the truth, you need to keep on praying and keep on worshiping until faith is unlocked in your heart. And then when you pray, God hears. God wants to do it. God wants to change South Africa. God wants to transform East London. God wants to do everything you can imagine to change lives. It's not like you have to persuade him, but he's, well, he's listening for faith. He's listening for the language of faith. He is listening. What is God hearing from you today, this past week? Is he hearing faith or is he hearing unbelief? What is he hearing? It's like a new language that you and I need to learn. And you need to take it step by step, you know, like, but, but every day. You know, if you want to learn a new language, once every six months is not good enough. You need to speak it every day. You need to embrace that new language every day. How about embracing the language of faith? It's speaking the right words, but from a heart filled with faith. Look at this, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, we've all experienced death at times. When someone breaks you down or you break yourself down, it's like death that seeps into your soul. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But when someone builds you up, when someone encourages you, it's like, oh, man, 
It's a good word. You know, when you're down and out and someone brings, hey, I believe in you. I back you. That, that releases life, and it speaks about this fruit. You know, imagine taking a, a, a fruit that looks fine, and you bite into it, and it's just worms, and it's rotten. It's like, ah, that's like words of death. you like, it feels, it looks good at first, and then you bite, and it like just brings death. Your words are powerful. Our words are powerful. Our words can hurt. Our words can build up. I remember years ago, I had a, a pastor or a leader, and uh, and I, and I think it was maybe his insecurities, I don't know, but whenever there was talk about some international speakers or Christians and authors or musicians, he would always break them down. They always speak badly about them. And I was like, but I actually like, I think that guy's quite cool, you know, I think that's quite awesome. And I remember the impact of his words because he's somebody in authority, somebody in leadership, and whenever after he spoke those words, the moment I would then go on to a video or get this person's book, like, I still remember the words that this is stupid or this is wrong. I mean, the last time you were really excited about buying something, buying a car or buying a whatever it is, and a gadget or a lady's a dress, and you show it to somebody and they like, oh, that's ugly. Like, it takes all the wind out of your sails. You're like, you were like really excited, and now you're like, ooh, okay, no, yeah, it's ugly, you know? <laughs> but when we all handle it differently, but, but, but the opinions of people impact us. The words influence us, especially when we take it to heart. You see, the, the opinions of man pulls us down. The opinions of man put weights upon us. But faith gives us wings to fly. So what are you carrying? How many weights are you carrying? How, many, how much stuff are you carrying? How many opinions, wrong opinions are forming you? How, many of you, how much of your self-speak is killing you? I can't. I'm just not spiritual. I can't pray. I can't do this. I can't speak in front of people. I can't remember names or whatever else. You know, just, just killing yourself through the words that you speak. And I'll put a disclaimer in. This is not name it and claim it doctrine. It's not just like name it and you're going to have it. We're talking about speaking words that agrees with the will of God. Speaking words that agree with what God has on His heart, His plans. When you and I agree with God, then the floodgates of heaven open up. But when we agree with the enemy, with evil and with lies, it, it causes evil to flood into us. The opinions of man pull us down it's, and, the, and, and, the, and the words of God lift us up. So what are you speaking? I'm not good enough. I can't do it. When was the last time you said, I can't do it? With our son, how often he says, I can't, I can't. I said, Vian, stop it. In this house, we say we can because God helps us. Philippians 4 verse 13. Now, this is what God is saying about you right now. I can. Let's read it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, that is a good agreement. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Obviously, the all things is the will of God. It's not about, you know, I'm going to be an Olympian 
something that you can't hardly run, okay? But uh, it's about doing the will of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can fulfill my destiny. I can overcome in my work. I can have healthy relationships. I can be productive. I can fulfill my destiny because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So what if you would speak that in every situation? God, I agree with you. Lord, I'm going to speak the language of faith. God, I'm going to lead my heart. It doesn't feel like I can do this now, but I'm going to lead my heart into faith. So I'm going to say it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not believing it yet, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to wrestle with that word again. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to pray it again. I'm going to declare it again. I'm going to proclaim it again. I'm going to say it again. I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Fear, go jump. Opinions of man, go jump. God has called me to do this, so I can do all things. Come on, say, I can. Do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. Come on. Let's get some wings to fly. Amen. I can do. So how do you do this? You must say it. You must wrestle with it. You must proclaim it. You must wrestle with these truths. Lead your heart into belief. Amen. That's why I get you to say things, because I'm trying to model this, that this should be your lifestyle. I can do all things. So you need to ask this question, God, what are you saying? God is saying, you can do all things through Christ. God, what are you saying? What are you saying in this situation, Lord? I'm saying over you, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That's what God is speaking over you. You need to agree with that. Something challenging happened in your life, then you need to say, well, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. I will not be intimidated. That's what God is saying. Oh, maybe someone's backstabbing you, someone coming against you. Then you say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I shall condemn. I renounce every ungodly voice. I renounce every opinion that is not agreeing with the word of God. Say it. Words can bind you. So you need to renounce it. Someone spoke something badly over you. You walk, you walk away and you say, I renounce that in Jesus' name. That is not who I am. Amen. Or maybe you, in terms of authority, the word of, God, of the Lord says, behold, I give you authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. When you're afraid of the enemy of evil, you remind yourself, no, 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 no. Behold, I give you authority. I shall not be afraid, because God is with me. So you need to learn the language of faith, and you need to say it, you need to speak it and lead your heart. Amen. Number three, wings to fly. Understand the language of unbelief. Understand the power of the fear of man and the voices and opinions of man. Proverbs 29, 25. It says, fearing people is a dangerous trap. Now the translation speaks about the opinions of man. Fearing the opinions of man is a dangerous trap. It binds you. It catches you. It pulls you down. It throws you down. But trusting the Lord means safety. When you trust in God, then you get wings to fly. 
then you can do what you are called to do. You see, the language of unbelief, it is fueled when your, your wings get clipped by the opinions of man, by fears, negative self-speak, fueled by the opinions of man. So what do you need to do? You need to downgrade the importance of the opinions of people, especially when it does not concur with the word of God. Downgrade it. Don't allow it to pull you down. You see, it's a powerful trap. Once the enemy wants to break us out, he wants to wound your heart. Some time ago, I spoke to a pastor, one of our pastors in our, in our church family, and uh, we were speaking over the phone, and he was sharing with me how one of his leaders wrote stuff against him or said things against him, and this has just been spreading. But absolute lies. I know this person. This is a good man, a godly man, a man that loves people well, a man that really, really cares about people. And yet this person who's been offended or hurt or whatever else has this warped idea, and now these lies are being spread, the opposite of who he is. So now I'm over speaking over the phone to him, and as he's, I could see he feels down, and he's, you know, so as, as we're on the phone, I start to just declare who he is. Say, I know you. I know who you are. You are a good man. You love people well. Man, as I start to speak that, I just feel the presence and the power of God. And he begins to weep on the other side of the phone. Because it's like suddenly somebody is speaking the truth and it's setting me free from the, the words that have bound me, the opinions of man, the lies of the enemy that's been clipping his wings, that's been stealing his confidence, that has been pulling him down. And here comes somebody that speaks a word in season, a good word, a word by the Holy Spirit and says, no, that's a lie. You are. This is who you are. Oh, and just the freedom that came after that. You see, but some of us need a good word. You need to ask God, what, are, what do you say? What do you, what do you, how do you see me, Lord? I know that one's saying that and that one's, but God, what are you saying? Don't allow the opinions of man to go to your heart. Don't allow the criticisms of man. Don't allow opinions to break you down. Enemy's trying to get to your heart. He wants to wound you so that he can clip your wings and then you're going to sit in the corner and just like, I can't. Don't fall for it. Come on, let's say it. I'm not going to fall for it. You see, fear of getting backstabbed again, fear of being wounded again, fear will keep you to do nothing. It will keep you from, from, from stepping out. I don't know if you've seen it, but I mean, basically any video on YouTube, any video on YouTube, doesn't matter how famous it is or how well millions of you, you're going to have what? Thumbs down. Thumbs down. It's like, what's wrong with these people? A good way of looking at it is as follows. They turn their screen around and then they push the thumbs up. Yes, thumbs up. <laughs> you see, for some people, their worlds are so messed up, it's the wrong way around. So they, they're going to do, try and do thumbs down the whole time. You say, no, no, your world's upside down. Cool. Love that thumbs up. 
You know, when you want to do the will of God, you're going to get a whole lot of thumbs downs, but you must just know the world's just stuffed up, messed up, wrong way around. Yes. Beautiful. So just flip it. Flip it. You're going to get opposition if you're a believer in Christ. You're going to get opposition when you're trying to step out and do the will of God. Just like, oh, beautiful. Someone's upset. And my world is following Christ. So there's the kingdom of God. It's the right way up. Your world's wrong way up, brother. But the kingdom is coming. Amen. Come on, say the kingdom is coming. Don't allow people whose worlds are upside down to define who you are and what you can or can't do. Amen. So how do we go next level faith? Matthew 8 verse 5. This is Jesus and uh, let me just read it there, verse 5 for you. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. How cool is that? Jesus is on his way. Verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. Now he manifests humility. God, I'm not good enough. I don't qualify. But then he says this incredible thing. He says, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Crazy. How did he know this? Just speak a word, Jesus. Just speak the word. And my servant will be healed. You don't even have to come. You don't even put lay hands on them. You don't even enter my house. Just speak the word because I see you're a man of authority. I see that you, when you speak, heaven moves. The kingdom of God comes. Verse 9. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes. Another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Amazing. This guy isn't even a Jew. And Jesus is saying, this is next level faith. A man who understands the power of words spoken with authority. And you see, in you and I, in Jesus, we have authority. We don't speak in our own name. We say, in the name of Jesus, as, as having received delegated authority from God, because God now lives in me through the Holy Spirit, I can say, in the name of Jesus, let the kingdom of God come. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, because it's not me, it's not my authority, it's His authority that He has delegated to His sons and daughters. But you, I just love that. It's Jesus like, oh my word. Someone is speaking my language. Someone is speaking the language of heaven. Someone is speaking the language of faith. And Jesus is like, oh, feels like home. Because in heaven, we only speak faith. Because in heaven, there is no doubt, no unbelief, no fear, no lies. Just truth and freedom. And Jesus like, wow, this is next level faith. Guys, everybody focus, listen, listen up, listen up, listen up. This is faith. This is faith. Someone who understands that with authority, when we speak with the authority of God, the kingdom comes. And Jesus like, wow, 
only, but only speak a word. Why do words have creative power? In this, in this case, Jesus spoke the word and that servant was healed. You see, first of all, we underestimate the power of words. We just think it's just words. No, words have an impact in the spirit realm, and the spirit realm influences this realm. The spirit realm is the higher realm. Everything was birthed out of heaven, out of the spirit realm, everything. So the words of God spoken, God said it at the beginning. He said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke it, and it was. So when you and I agree with God's words, there's creative power in our words. We're partnering with God and the kingdom of God comes. So what are you speaking? What words are you speaking? Are you agreeing with God or are you agreeing with the enemy? You see, our words shift the atmosphere. When you agree with God, heaven comes. When you agree with the enemy, hell floods forth. I mean, think back when someone was ugly to you or cussed you out, or spoke back. It just feels, ow, ow, ow. It's like arrows hitting you. It's like a sword cutting you. It's painful. Words, come on, let's say words are powerful. Words are powerful. The man or woman who understands the power of words, spoken from a heart filled with faith, that's next level faith. The man or woman who understands the power of words, Spoken from a heart filled with faith, that is next level faith. Faith needs to manifest on all levels, in the heart, in our words, and in our actions. Next week, I will share about the, that faith has feet. Faith needs to have feet. Verse 13, the last bit there. It says, Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. I'm amazed how many times Jesus says this. And as you have believed, let it be done to you. And as you believe, let it be done to you. No, it's according to your faith that it shall be. According to your faith. The fight is for faith, people. The fight is for faith. God has made all his resources available. He's won it at the cross. Jesus has overcome every sin, every devil, every sickness. He's won it all at the cross. He has overcome death at the cross. When he was resurrected, he overcame every enemy. But now, you and I need to contend for faith so that we can access all that God has done for us. Contend for, for faith. Fight for faith. Let it be done to you according to your faith. Contend for it. Okay, so what is God saying about this? What is God saying about us? I feel God is saying we are a house of faith. We are a house of faith. I believe, I believe there's grace upon every one of us to believe with all our hearts. That's who we are. I believe that's what God is saying about all of us. You are a man of faith. You are a woman of faith. You are a young person of faith. You have the capacity to believe. Renounce the lies. Amen. Come on, say it. I renounce the lies. I am destined to believe. I am a person of faith. Of great faith. Amen. So I want to challenge you today, stop agreeing with the lies of the enemy. Stop agreeing with your ex. Stop agreeing with someone that broke you down. Stop agreeing with someone that hurt you. Stop agreeing with the negative self-speak. 
expose it. And then last one, wings to fly, number four. Face your fears. You need to face your fears if you want to be free from it. It's not just like pray, 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 and never do anything, and wait until you have no fear, and then we do it. No, you just start walking in the direction that God is leading you, and you tackle it even with fear. You do it afraid. You do it afraid. Proverbs 28, verse 1, the wicked flee when no one pursues. The wicked flee when no one pursues. In other words, when we are not standing in God and have a living relationship with Christ, fear will have access. But it says, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Who's the righteous? The righteous are those who are right standing with God. Those who know that I know my God. I know God is with me. I am a child of the king. God is with me. And therefore, I am as bold as a lion. Amen. So you need to face your fears. You do it afraid. You pray. You proclaim the truth. You lead your heart. But then you simply step out and you do what you need to do even though you are afraid. It's the only way to break out of it. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is to push through the fear until you can expose it. So when I was a student, and um, I remember that I, I was studying, and I was absolutely terrified. At one point, it was uh, engineering week, so we have every, every day we write one exam. So you study until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. You sleep for two, three hours, and then you go, you write, you come home, you sleep, and then you study again five days. And so I was sitting with this one subject, electrical machines. Engineers might feel my pain now. But uh, <laughs> I was like 200 pages. I was on page 30, it was 8 o'clock at night, I'm writing next day, I'm battling, I'm not understanding the content. Page 30 of 200. I'm so paralyzed, I can't study, I can't think straight. I'm like just, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail. Sal speaks, I'm going to fail. Yes, I'm going to fail. This is a disaster. So at some point, I said, stuff this. So I made a decision, I'm going to face my fears. So I decided, I don't say you need to do this, but I'm just saying this is what I did. <laughs> I, decided, I'd, I decided I'd rather fail the subject and overcome fear than study afraid and pass. So I closed my book <laughs> and uh, I decided I'm going to just, I'm just going to, I'm going to challenge my fears tonight. So I walked, middle of the night, I walked off to the, there's a far further side of the campus. There's like this, where it moves up into the, like the hills and into the mountains and the, and the bushes and everything else. So I walk all the way to the other side of campus. I find the darkest spot I can find. <laughs> there's no lights. I walk to the other side of the fields. I walk up to these, I mean, it's pitch dark. It's now right at 11 o'clock at night or something. And I'm there like, I know there are Satanists right there in those bushes. I know it, I know it, I know it. But I am not going to be afraid. <laughs> and I'm not going to be afraid of failure. And I'm not going to be tormented anymore by these fears in the name of Jesus. And I'm not studying again until God speaks to me again to, to study. I'd rather fail. And be free from fear. So I remember standing there in the pitch dark, just shouting, I am not afraid of the dark. And then Nightmare on Elm Street runs through my mind, and then <laughs> it comes through, and I stuff it. Freddy, bugger off. 
That's <laughs> the character in the movie. <laughs> so I'm like, just like, I am not accepting fear into my life anymore. So here I come. <sighs> and I'm facing my fears. And you know, later that night, I went home. I had so much peace. I had so much joy. I went back to, my, my, uh, to the hostel and chatting to my roommate. I'm just, I'm not studying. I'm going to fail, but it's okay. But I'm at least peaceful. <laughs> and so around one o'clock, half past one or something, I got into bed, put my head on the pillow, and then I felt the Holy Spirit say, now study. <laughs> so I know some of you young people weren't trying to get out, but no, God wants you to study. So I studied from half past one until six or seven or whatever, and I passed 50 comma zero. And free, <laughs> free from fear. You need to face your fears. You need to look it in the eye and say, go jump. You're a liar. I'm not going to fall for that. I'm going to push through the fear until I have peace, until I have joy, until faith is unlocked, because then we go next level. Amen. Fear is a liar. The fear of man binds us, but faith in God gives us wings to fly. So to summarize the four points, what is God saying about this? Contend for that. Whatever you're struggling with, what is God saying about this? That's the only thing that matters. Secondly, language of faith. Start to speak, start to agree with what God is saying. Declarations of truth. Thirdly, Concerning the language of unbelief, downgrade the opinions of people in your life. It's not, who cares what people think? Especially what does not concur with God's word. Downgrade people's opinions. And then lastly, face your fears. Face your fears. Send that message to the girl. Ask her for coffee. Come on. Just do it. Step out. You, will, you, might, you might be surprised. It might actually work when you start to pursue your dreams. It might actually work. Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.